Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Created in the early 2000s, Young Social Innovators Ireland is an educational programme founded by Rachel Collier and sister Stanislaus Kennedy. Now every year, up to 8,000 young people take part in the organisation's social innovation action programmes. I asked Rachel what the Young Social Innovators programme is all about. A really good question and sometimes I question myself about this. I have been working in social services since I was very young, which is a long time ago, in Dublin, particularly around um, providing services for homeless people. Um, I was doing that in the early 80s with my other co-founder, Sister Stan Kennedy, who many people will know here as an innovator herself in the social services development in Ireland. During that time, trying to develop services at a time when there was really, it was a, a big recession here in Ireland, the early 80s, there was a lot of homelessness. And um, to set up those services required a lot of innovation itself. And subsequently, the organisation Focus Ireland is now the biggest provider of homeless services in Ireland. The learning from that really inspired me to create Young Social Innovators. But I suppose during that time, we didn't call it social innovation at all. That language was not around in the 80s or 90s. So it was only when I left um, Focus Ireland that I began to reflect on how uh, we actually achieved what we did. And there was plenty of mistakes, by the way, along the way. But it was trial and error. And there was definitely, um, we were working on different levels at the time. We were working not only in service provision and design, we were working on a policy level. We were working um, in partnership with other groups. So there was plenty of things there that we were doing that were multifaceted. And I suppose that's where social innovation and the concept of social innovation interests me because people were talking about this in another realm, I suppose, that field of social innovation and explaining some of the theoretical basis for social innovation, which I've really tuned into then because I said, yes, we were doing that. There was plenty we learned and that was all very fine. But what I wanted to do at the time was not particularly social innovation itself. It was looking at how to engage young people in social issues, particularly teenagers. How do they engage them? How do you get them to understand them from different perspectives? And how do you embrace their ideas to create change? So social innovation seemed to have a really good, I suppose, way of framing what we were going to try and do, though it did not show me the way to do it. Because what we want, we were looking for was really a breakdown of what social innovation is a language around it, a framework around it that can be used in with educators. So that part hadn't been developed yet. Um, so it took years really to deconstruct, is a, probably a good way of saying it, it's like, a bit like MasterChef now, but deconstruct it and figure out what are the components of it and then how those components work together in a pedagogy for educators to understand what is going on and how to facilitate this with a young a group of young people in the classroom or outside the classroom. So we came up with what we call now the social innovation learning framework. And that's the basis of all our programs and our, our teacher training and 
everything we do really. So in the end of the day, we found a way that really worked very well to engage young people, empower them, equip them to make the world a better place. But it was using their own insights, their own talents um, and their ideas to do that. And that is unique in itself, because up until then, I can very well say here, there hasn't been a really good way of engaging young people. There's kind of just ways that didn't, not on a national level. You know, if you were a young person, a teenager, as I went to school here, I was in a, a you know religious-based school where they had traditions of engaging you in social justice issues, for example. There wasn't the way that you could make a change. It was a way where you could raise money for causes. You could see what was happening. It was very much, you know, first world, third world thinking. It was, yeah, it was what it was in the day, you know. What I wanted to find was a way that was different, that, you know, really spoke from the young person's perspective. I believed really that young people didn't have a say in society and how it works. I still believe that, but I think it's getting better. But it's only with intention that you can make these things better. And only when you give it attention and you give it resources and a framework that it will actually work in a systemic way. Um, and I suppose social innovation is around systemic movement and change. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. It's many, many things that, that will create change. So this is one contribution, I think, to helping young people take their place in society and doing that in a real way. These are real changes that are happening in Ireland, driven by young people. And that's where we've got. I was taking us 20 years. So. <laughs> How then does the learning framework that you have developed in its practical application empower young people to use their skills, their creativity and their talents to affect change? So the framework itself is around social innovation learning and there's four dimensions to that and each of them are kind of complex but they're sim simple as well so <laughs> one is the experience of the of the learner and we identify two learners in this process is that the educator and the young person so it's very much youth-led it's very much using the insights of the young people and it's team-based so that experience is critical to social innovation progression of young people's ideas the teacher or educator has to stand back and facilitate. And often in schools, that's not the way the teachers behave, but they're very much in a facilitatory role. And um, they have to get to grips with sometimes uncomfortable issues and know how to facilitate those and let the young person lead. The other part of the value base of social innovation. So you can have any value base you like in social innovation, but the value base that we promote is around human rights and sustainable development and sustainable living. So that's an integral part of the engagement in the programmes that um, we design. The other part or the dimension is the pathway of change. And the pathway of change is like another innovation pathway. You know, we, we break it down into three parts, explore and create. Um, exploring your issue and what you're concerned about and creating an idea around that or an innovation then test and adapt which is you know your testing and adaptation of your prototype and then act and reflect so the action is rolled out but also there's a reflective practice part of it which is really important to integrate the learning and to understand the impact you're making so it's simple but it's 
those dimensions are integrated into whether it's teacher training or the programs we design. So we would have in post-primary schools, we have social innovation action at senior level and at junior level. We've also other adaptations of social innovation into robotics, for example, or into human rights. So you can take it at different angles, but basically you're doing the same thing. You've made it clear why you think it's important to work with young people, but how do you get them to come to you to engage within this process and to do so without the fear of failure that so many young people kind of end up being couched in? It's a really important part of this learning for the educator is the inclusivity of this process and the democracy and or the democratization of this within the classroom or the group. And that's sort of the training that we do with the educators. It's not about the best in the class. It's not about the most academic. It's about every young person taking a role and every young person being listened to. And for me and for YSI, it's not just, well, it is not about solely the social impact. It is about the learning about the potential you have to make change and if you have that learning and that opportunity to do that and more than one opportunity even that will build up those skills and confidence in you as a person to make change and that's where we're going with all of this is to change the way people think about themselves in terms of themselves and the community or the society they live within it's very much supporting participatory democracy and if you don't participate you must question, are there opportunities for young people to participate? I didn't see those opportunities very easily. I saw plenty of people in the 90s, the 80s and 90s, giving out about young people, especially teenagers. Goodness, they have bad press. But, you know, the reality is you give them opportunity and they're there and they stand up to the plate and they come up with really good ideas. In fact, we looked at yeah, the trends over the 20 years and the ideas young people come up with, and they often are way ahead of the posse in terms of what are the burning issues that are going to come in, into Ireland. And they, they can see them before the rest of us can see them because they're in some of those worlds that are causing problems. They're in the fake news for a long time. They're in the sexting areas. They're in the cyberbullying. So it's from them that we learn what was going on and then what can be done about it. We had students in one of our teams looking at sexting and, you know, to be honest, I didn't really realise what was going on. And they did a survey in their school. Most of the students said they were impacted by this. They looked at the legislation around it. They saw that there was a deficit there. The young people could be charged under the prostitution laws. There was a real deficit. And then they also looked at the treatment of young people by the Gardaí, the police here, and found there was a completely variance in how they were treated. So they met the head of the guards here and brought this information to his attention. And he said he would do something about it. He would look at the guidelines for the police around Ireland and see that there is an appropriate level of response to teenagers who are involved in sexting. So like he wouldn't seriously, just like me, wouldn't have been anywhere the wiser if they hadn't brought it. So those kind of things do happen and they do make change. Like another group we had from Cork and they were very concerned because there was people or maybe one person in their area who had gone missing and hadn't been found. And then they explored the whole issue about missing people in Ireland and found there were many, many people missing for different reasons. The bodies never found. 
and they met some of the families and really understood the pain they were and the suffering that they were going through. They started off with kind of a memorial service that they had and invited the parents and families of people in the, in the local area. And then they decided, well, that's not enough. We're going to do more. So they had the, they um, got involved in an exit campaign where they tried to identify the people who are missing for people going in and out of the country would see them. They had a truck campaign. They put up posters around our doll, our government buildings to request that the state take on some kind of memorial for these people and not they would not be forgotten. So the last five years in Ireland, we've had um, a National Missing Persons Day, a Remembrance Day, which is held in the Phoenix Park here, but it's, it's kind of hosted by our Department of Justice. But it all came about from the lobbying of these teenagers who said at the first National Missing Persons Day, they were asked to speak about why they were doing it. And it was basically out of their passion and their own, their, the understanding that they gained from the families. And so they're gone on now to college and wherever working, but the impact they've had have been, has been immense. I've gone to some of those um, missing persons events and the families are there and it is so moving, but it's so important for them to meet each other in the, in the similar circumstances year on year. Um, and it gives them some comfort. It's the magic of young social innovators. It is magical to see the transformation and I wish school was always like this. I wish education was like this. And I think it will go, but I think it's taking too long because we need young people. We need everybody to be able to see beyond the way we do things, to see how we might do things. The world and the systems we've created, and I don't think we've created them with malice or anything, but I think the systems that are there now, whether there's housing or it's energy or it's transport or it's whatever, health, we need to relook at them and seriously relook at them and uh, adjust them to the needs of the day and to the challenges that we have today. And you know the challenges as well as I do. They're huge. And it's the change is speeding up. So we need to change education and, and youth development as quick as we can. So I think this is just one way of doing that. It's a powerful way, but we do need to speed that change up if we need the outputs, which we do. And it's not the people who are in the systems that can change it. Well, they can, right? They can. But it's the people coming in, I think, that are going to have the biggest impact. This Generation Z or Generation Z, is, as people talk about it, we've done some research here in Ireland on it. And it is it, it's incredible because I've been in here for 20 years, I say that. <laughs> I can see it's a different generation. It's not made up. These are young people with huge concerns and a huge energy to do things differently. And I love seeing that. I love to see, I could say the rebellious part of young people, but it's it's just the questioning, the curiosity that they have. And, the, and they always, you know, you hear seniors say, why are you doing things like that? Or why is it we do this? And you say, oh my goodness, keep asking those questions because we don't have to keep doing things the way we are doing them, but we do need new ideas. That phrase of, but it's always been like that. That seems to be the main reason why change doesn't happen is because it's always been like that, which is exhausting. But education perpetuates that message, you know, and it has done. You know, when I went to school, you learn things off. My goodness, you learn things off and that's the way things were. And even we learned our religion off. Oh, my goodness. I remember learning, trying to learn pages of in the beginning was the word. The word I, I could rhyme off things, but 
honestly, could I understand them or, you know, or could I apply them to life? And I think there's the thing, how do you apply your learning to life? There's where there's a big gap, you know. I, I remember being in the Latin class. I'd love to know Latin now. I absolutely understand why people love Latin. But at the time I sat at the back of the class, I didn't want to know it. I didn't even know where they spoke it because I was never told the context within which I was learning it. And if you don't know a context or how you're going to use this, then you you may as well, you're shooting at the breeze. You know, I couldn't make sense of why were we talking about Flavius or Flavius or, but now I know. And maybe I'm a slow learner, probably am. But um, it's just that the context of learning is so important. The application of learning, you know, is so important because there's where you get the creativity and the doing things differently and crossing over the subjects. So, Rachel, we were talking before the podcast about what you do and how you're doing it. And you said that, you know, you're moving forward and you're now taking the Young Social Innovators educational program into Lebanon, Zambia and Sweden. Why those three countries in particular? And actually, how do you have to change what you do that works for Ireland for these different countries with different cultural Hmm. attitudes and behaviors and considerations? Well, first of all, I didn't go out looking for any other region because we have a a region in Ireland and we were still trying to get all the schools involved in Ireland. So those countries came to us and said, how do you do what you do? We'd be interested in doing that. And in that way, I had to try and adapt what we did and make it fit for other educators in other regions. And it wasn't that difficult because we weren't teaching huge amount of content. We were talking about processes um, and approaches and all of those things. So the training transfers really well. And then, the, of course, the educators themselves can, you know, they're used to uh, facilitation and they know their own context so they can adapt. So in that way, it is easily transferable to the context and when we are training say we're training sweden a swedish school at the minute you know they fill in the gaps and they know where it fits how it fits in their school their their curriculum and all of that so we don't have to worry about them or those things but they like having the structure around social innovation they like the theory base but they also like that it's a little bit different from civic education now of course it does obviously the outcome is citizenship and it's also global citizenship and all of, all of those things are part of social innovation but they like the fact that it's about young people having using their ideas to change and to move things forward the social innovation education I I never heard it before. We used that term in 2001. We heard about social innovation, but not social innovation education. And people did tell me in Ireland, please don't use that word. We don't understand it. When we go to schools and say, what are you talking about? Please call it something else. Even call it entrepreneurship. Call it anything but social innovation. I I stuck to it because I just thought it wasn't particularly about the social entrepreneur. It wasn't particularly about social enterprise. It was bigger than that. It was social innovation. The concept now is is a bit more known. It's, you know, you, you don't have to explain it everywhere you go, which is nice. How do you see yourself moving forward with the organisation and the continuing educating of young people around social innovation? Well, where, where we want to go with social innovation education is that it is becomes the norm in schools, in communities. It's not particularly seen as a subject, but it's particularly seen as a way of doing things. We're fortunate we have lobbied for this, but the government here in Ireland in their new programme for government has put in a commitment to helping social innovation education become part of the post-primary school system here. 
And so we're at the moment trying to scale and we're doing that by putting local leaders in different regions in Ireland so that the social innovation becomes part of what the area is about. It's not just about the schools, this it's about creating local support networks where you have local authorities involved, where you have businesses involved in the support of young, their young people in their area to do social innovation. And of course, the schools have a key role, the teachers, the youth workers who are facilitating this. It's not a kind of a thing you can do in an island. If you want to bring in social change into your community, you need other supports. I heard a lovely story from Donegal, a team of young people who were working on period poverty and they were um, championing that there and many people hadn't particularly heard about it but they got to the local authority the local government here in Ireland and they said this is a real issue for girls going to school or attending school and they got the buy-in of the local authority who have now committed to putting free sanitary wear in all their venues and their outlets in the county and that was from a meeting with teenagers and you say well that's that's good change you know that's respectful and it's it's taking on board their ideas and going for it. It is not just about the school, it's about local community networks. And that's what we're trying to do in each area that we target is build those networks, build social innovation into the way they do things, the way we do things. That was Rachel Collier, founder and CEO of Young Social Innovators Ireland. You can find out more about the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube.